so I don't even know how to articulate what happened yesterday and its relationship to uh, American history and its place in it. Um, you and I, we've been friends now for, uh, you know, a few months, I'd say almost a year at this point. And, you know, we've seen a lot of shit together. You know, we've seen COVID, we've seen Kobe's death, we've seen Doom's death. Uh, never did I think we would ever see a group of people storm the Capitol building, storm any government building, and we would actually get a chance to commentate or, you know, to make a comment on it. So I have a bunch of comments, but I want to I want to shift it to you before I get into my thoughts, because I got a lot to say and I don't want to just just completely jack all the time here because I know you got some thoughts on it as well. Oh, no, by all means, jack all the time. I mean, it's one of those conversations that <clears throat> I don't know what it is about these conversations, but they, they tire me out quick. I like I, I only have so much energy for them when it when it comes. Ultimately, when I when I see a country under attack the way that we were we all have that fight or flight instinct. My instinct is immediately flight. Like I, I don't want any part of it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I look up for, I look to the people that are following me from South Africa. And I just think to myself, you know what? I could carve a decent life for myself out in Cape Town. We actually got invited to do a show in Cape Town. Somebody was like, come down here and do a show, man. I'm like, shit, I don't know. But there are times where when things get pretty tough in your own home country you're like yeah I, I could see myself living somewhere else however uh i don't plan on leaving the united states anytime soon but if i did uh, i would look to a place in africa uh, among many places uh, you might find me in africa on some dave Chappelle type shit it, it would be south africa for me or australia mostly australia because of, of again friends and the fact that it might be interesting to go to a to, to you know we live in a country where you're very likely to get killed by another human being it might be interesting to move to a country where you're very likely to get killed by an animal instead. Interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. You know, I never you, thought about that. You know, America, you get shot. Australia, cause of death, kangaroo. Cause of death, snake. Here's the cause thing, though. If you ask me how I'd want to die as opposed to getting my ass beat to death by a kangaroo or shot, you can shoot me, please. That kangaroo's going to beat your ass. What if the kangaroo shot you? If the kangaroo shot me, then it's probably in America. It's probably in an American city. It's probably that in like- the difference between an Australian kangaroo and American kangaroo. But where, what city is that going to take place? What city is it most likely for you to be, sh be shot by a kangaroo? New Orleans. I'm saying LA. <laughs> I mean, that's just me, you know. You, you walk on the wrong side of LA and the kangaroos are banging too. Like they don't care. They're gang banging just like everybody else. But as far as what- happened and i and look there are media outlets who have a vested interest in framing things a certain way and i understand the scrutiny of the media because i have been very critical of the media <laughs> yesterday i do not believe the media was being unfair in a lot of ways there were some ways i saw it but for the most part from what i i saw with video evidence that people were were putting out there I think that there was a, 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 a look, I'm not saying everybody who was at that rally or at that, uh, you know, meetup or whatever, went there to storm the building, storm the Capitol. But it was people associated with that. And because of that, the media took that and basically made it about everybody who went to that rally. So it then gets into another question of like, double standards. And 
I see double standards everywhere. I see hypocrisy everywhere. I see it on both sides. Um, but the failure to acknowledge the double standards on both sides is what kind of is alarming to me when it comes to the rights failure to acknowledge that the police treat them differently than they treat, uh, you know, protesters who are not, you know, pro police and the actions that are taken more tear gas, more, you know, use of force, uh, you know, just, just, and you saw some of it yesterday, you saw clashes with, 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 with the right and the police yesterday. So I'm not saying it didn't happen, but the scale, is what I'm talking about here. This notion that you can't recognize that the response or the deployment of law enforcement and or National Guard, however late that it was, was fundamentally different than how they do it in some of these cities. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those occasions where the memes were in they, they felt 100% accurate. The, the memes of BLM outside of the Capitol versus uh, this Trump rally outside of the Capitol, the, me the memes felt 100% accurate. I think touching on the hypocrisy point you made, I mean, I mean that, that sort of stems from the fact that the right is no longer just a political ideology. It's, 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 a, it's, a, social, uh, it's a social movement and it's a religion. Trump is well, their guy. Well, it's been that. It, it's yeah. been that. But, it's, it, but my point is it's a three-pronged approach. You can tell someone that their political opinion is wrong. The, the problem is, and I see this a lot on the right now, if you attack a, a right-wing stance now, they sort of have this manipulative tactic where they're just like, I guess we can't just have political disagreements now. It's like, no, this is so far beyond just a political disagreement. If this was just us debating policies, it would be very... I don't know. I, I, kind isn't the right word, but it, it would it would be formal. It, it would be it would be cordial. The, the expression of ideas would be able to be passed from one person to the other. But it's more than that. It's it's wanting to shift more than just policies. It's a social movement and a religion. And the attack on a right wing belief is an attack on that person's entire identity now. And so right, that's where hypocrisy exists. And I, I see that. And I see that on the left. Go ahead. You can say you see it on the left, and that's fine. We're talking about the right today because it was the right who stormed the Capitol. Well, no, 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 no. I, and that's the thing. I'm not going to fall into that. I'm not going to fall into that. I'm not going to fall into making it about right or left and me attacking the right. What I'm, what I'm trying to get people to do is get away from that, is we fall into this us versus them every single time. How does that, how does that make progress? How do we get better? How do we make peace? Because if people aren't trying to make peace, then we should just go for civil war and call it a day. Fuck the foreplay. But do, 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 you think, do you think that that's um, a, a predestined output now? Because, or outlet, I'm outcome. struggling with words. Outcome. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with words today. Because these terrorists stormed the Capitol building yesterday, and hours afterwards, after these senators and congressmen had to flee for their lives, they were still trying to uh, resist the legal outcome of this election. And, and I want to talk about that, too, as far as the, the legal outcome of the election, because this is, this is what I'm probably most critical of uh, people on the right on, is buying into this narrative that the election was, quote unquote, stolen. Um, but I, I, I want to go, go back to this other thing before I get to that point, because to me, this is an important hill for me personally to die on. I mean, this is for anybody listening to my voice who's a supporter of me. Whenever I criticize the right or the left, I try to do it from the most uncompromised 
place, the most least biased place that I can operate from. Now, I can't operate with no bias because I let people know what my biases are, how I grew up has informed, you know, the, the way I see things, my experiences in life have, have informed the way that I see things. But the reason why I don't try to get on the train of, you know, they, them, us, I don't identify as a person of the left. So the people on the right aren't my enemy. The people who were the, 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 if people want to call them terrorists, insurrectionists, I've been heard, those people aren't my enemy. No more than the people on the left are my allies. This is the part, this is why we've gotten so divided, in my opinion, is because we've done nothing but say, okay, you're on that side, then I'm going to be on this side. And we're just going to fight. And if that's what we're doing, if that's the culture war we're fighting, and it's just been a cold war that's going hot, then I say, forget the foreplay. Let's just get to the fucking. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty. But <laughs> as far as far as far as like that's concerned, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say to that. It's just, um, yeah, we. we but do we, you want talk, do, we, do you want to talk about the election though? Because I, I feel like that's what this is all about, right? This notion that the election was stolen. I don't now, know if that's what it's all about. I mean, I think it is at the very least. That's what they say it is. The trigger. I, the I, 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 I can't say that that's exactly. Like, you don't go into Nancy Pelosi's office and steal like her mail and put your feet up on her desk because you think the election was stolen. You do that out of just some other deep hatred. And let me, and, and once again, uh, shots fired towards the right. What the fuck do you think you hope to achieve by doing that? That is not how policy is made. That is not how power is distributed or acted upon. What did you hope to accomplish by that? And once again, I'm not on the left. So I don't have no reason to be like, oh, this is me versus you, left versus right. I don't have a dog in that fight. This is why I don't take sides. So when I do criticize, it comes from a legitimately genuine place. If people want to politically gangbang, that's fine. I don't politically gangbang. I know where that leads. We saw where that leads. And yeah. for me, it's it's we have to to pull back from this idea that we are in a cultural war, whether it's cold or hot, and come back to the place of, listen, I just simply disagree with your, with your position on whatever it is, abortion. I'm not gonna fight you over it. We're gonna do it legally. And whoever's stance wins out in the, 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 the legal uh, processes of America, that's the rule of law we're gonna follow. That's what we're gonna do. And but if you wanna make it a war, then I say, let's forget all of the little foreplay stuff and let's just say, listen, I'm on this side, you're on this side, and let's just meet up here because it'd be far easier for the people not involved. See, the, the, the thing is, though, um, as, far, as far as your first point of you wanted to go back to just a debate of discussions and policies, I mean, we're just, we're just so far away from that. That's not just some short-term solution of everyone just is like, okay, we're going we're gonna to start doing that now. Um, that, that's going to be a long process, and the question is, I mean, not, not even the question. The reality is we are much further from starting that long process than we are towards taking like a quick skip to civil war. So you're saying we're closer to the fucking than we are to oh, the Oh, we are play. so much closer to the fucking. Okay, so my, so my thing is I'm rooting for the fucking. And, and I, I don't want, I'm rooting against it. I don't want that. I but, just here's the, but here's the, well, and, and I'm not, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But you do identify as being a person on the left side, whereas that I don't. And I'm not rooting for a I'm I'm rooting for uh, uh, the fucking, but I'm not really rooting for it because, in my opinion, it fucks everybody. 
And I know you're saying you're not rooting for it to happen, but we're closer to that than ever. I wonder if people who have kind of polarized themselves on each side have kind of resigned themselves to the fact that we're just close to fighting and that's just the way that there is. I'm a person that's closer to the middle or an independent. I don't even like using the word middle, just an independent. And I feel like we can be pulled back. We don't have to be, we're not as close to war as people think that we are. We're not as close to civil conflict as we think we are. Sure, there's skirmishes. There have been skirmishes throughout political American history since American history began. So I don't think that that's anything new. But this idea that we're this, you know, far but away. But this is from, different. This, this, this level of, it is. of like actually trying to destabilize the uh, peaceful transition of power is but I different. Don't, but I don't think we- Because so the, the last time we saw this level of like calls of illegitimate transitions of power do, is when the ultimately Confederacy seceded in uh, the election that put Abraham Lincoln into office. Here's a, here's a- and, and, If you and can't got, tell anyone listening, I am really struggling with words today. I am sorry. <laughs> and you know what? I, I hate to be so so dominant on, on this floor space, but it's like the- what I'd like to see is some of the loudest voices of each side who feel aggrieved. Because I feel I do feel like both sides feel like they're being aggrieved in some way. They believe in some way that they're being aggrieved, with whether it's just justification for that or not, right? I mean, but I just I, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I just I just want to see those in charge, like Trump, mm-hmm. telling people. To, to accept the results of the election and move on and, adva- and sort of advance this transition of power. His call for peace yesterday was not a call for peace. It was the stroking of his own ego. And right. if he, a, if a he is the person- Who that, stroked his own ego this entire time, stroking, I'm not, color me surprised. I'm not. No, but all, all I'm going to say is, for, but other Republicans have continued to stroke his ego as well, including in the chamber after the after the riots and after the mob stormed the Capitol building, they were still calling for the results of the election to be overturned. That's not a peaceful transition of power. That's not going to de-escalate the situation. That's still playing politics. And I'm sorry, I'm going to put them to it. I'm not even sorry. I'm putting them to a much higher standard for yesterday because you we talk, we're talking about sides and it was one side storming the Capitol building and that same side continuing to stoke that fire hey i have no rebuttal to that i'm not saying that you're wrong uh i i'm what i'm saying is are we closer to conflict than we are discussion because if we are i would say you know instead of messing around with that i think just get to the fucking get get to to the the fighting uh and and it's sad that that i'm kind of promoting that idea and i do that in jest right I, i really don't want that to happen but I, I hope people understand that like a good chunk of people in America don't feel this way about a lot of, of different things, whether, you know, you may be a Second Amendment person or a free speech person or, you know, a states rights person. Um, I don't think that that means that you uh, you support people pulling some insurrectionist type shit. Right. And there let me just say this as well. This idea that people are going to just separate into like ideological camps where you don't deal with anybody from the other side. To me, it's, it's more likely that we go to war, civil war, have a civil war. Then you're just going to split off into the, you know, the, the Republican conservative part of the country. And then they're going to split off into the liberal 
progressive part of the country and you guys aren't gonna have any interaction with each other at all. No, that's not gonna, ha- there's no peaceful way where that happens. I mean, I, I agree. There's, there's no peaceful way with that outcome. And then the two outcomes are, I mean, philosophically speaking, if we look at Hegel's dialectic specifically, he talks about how it progress in, what is it, society, government, something like that. It comes, to, it comes with like extreme pendulum swings. You know, we, we spend a certain generation or amount of time in one direction. And then there is a resistance that swings it in another direction. And it's then re- repeats until we eventually reach progress. So you could argue that we're just on another one of the extreme swings then we're being met with extreme resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and, 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 and there's so many things I want to kind of comment on this, this narrative that's already being sown that 2021 is the hold my beer year for 2020. I, I don't think that at all. I don't think that's not even, yeah, this is crazy, but this 2020 is, <laughs> we can't even diminish 2020 like that. I understand why where it's coming from was 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 crazy and and this is the worst year ever and it wasn't but you know by by standard it was one of the most uh transformative years in in human history and then turn around turn around and say in what six seven days six days that it's already like oh yeah one thing happened chill people it was a pretty big thing it was a pretty big thing. i know but still (laughs) there's a lot of pretty big things that happen and then the rest of the year is okay 2020 just had literally a a parade line of those things this is one thing but 20 but i understand where this this stress is coming from because a lot of people feel like that every year for the past four years have gotten progressively worse than 2020 was a climax and then 2021 could just be showing heck 2020 was just the inciting incident yeah i don't know i I know that coincides with Trump's presidency. A lot of people feel like, oh, 2016 is the worst year ever because Donald Trump got elected. I didn't feel that way. Um, so the the idea of those last four years being bad, I thought, I was thinking about it this morning. Not just bad, but getting progressively worse with each following year. Right. But if you look back, if they were getting progressively worse, then at one point, that was still the worst year for somebody, right? Yep. And, and then, then it, the following year got worse. And then worse. the following year got worse. So my thing for those people is, I was thinking about this this morning and the the 20 teens were actually pretty chill for the most part. I mean, there was some stuff that happened, but I can't, I can't remember it like 2020 and 2020 just kind of fucked everything up. So I don't really feel like 2021 is on pace to be a sequel to 2020. Maybe it's like a, a cheap reboot or some shit, but it's not a sequel. It's not a direct sequel. I wouldn't even, nah. This is one thing. And 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 we'll look back and we'll say, yeah, that was crazy. People tried to run up in the in the Capitol building. We'll and see a, if you feel the same way if the Clippers lose again. Yeah. If the Clippers lose again this year, you might say, you know what, fuck it. 2021 is the worst year. Listen, people, <laughs> you know how I feel about that. In 2020, let me just put this in perspective for people, for people who are like, 2020 is the worst year, okay? And I, and, and I know, I'm, I'm making light of a situation. I'm just trying to bring you guys some levity, so let me- Oh, I'm not on social media that often anymore, so all I was doing yesterday was making light of the of like situations via text, saying, like basically just texting all the things that I know better to put than to put online. Right, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But, but I'll say this, in, in 2020, not only did the Clippers blow a 3-1 lead, but the Lakers and the Dodgers world, won world championships. And people know how much of a Clipper and an Angel fan I am. So it, it was, uh, that was a painful 
sports year for me just to say sports not only that but obviously you know the whole quarantining thing and social distancing and all the stuff not being able to tour all that stuff i mean it was and that's just superfluous stuff i could get beneath the surface and get into some real shit you're like damn that's that's pretty shitty that happened to you that year so uh i would say let's just chill for a second and give 2021 a little chance to breathe and let's see you know it hasn't taken look dr drake survived an aneurysm a brain aneurysm so I'm okay. Uh, if, if Dr. Dre is surviving the brain aneurysm, I think that we might be seeing a little bit more luck. Maybe the situation yesterday could have got way worse. I, I think it's interesting you brought that up because I will say if this were 2020 and Dr. Dre got a brain aneurysm, he might not be walking out of the hospital. No, he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. Uh, you know, it, hell, if Dr. Dre gets a splinter in 2020, he's dead. So yeah, it turns to a massive infection. Yeah, exactly. So 20, that's what I'm saying. We, we got to look, put some respect on 2020's name. All right. Like we, we got to put some respect on 2020's name. That was a year. That was a different from the, it took, that, doom that was a decade. That was a decade. That was a, that was a decade. That year took doom from us. That year took Kobe from us. That year took Alex Trebek from us. No. Sean Connery, but he was old too. I mean, that, yeah. not to, not to diminish Sean Connery's yeah, death. But I'm not, been... but I'm not giving the, the insurrection is if the people want to call them that i'm not giving what happened yet yesterday that no that's a yes crazy as crazy is defined john lewis right crazy as crazy uh, is defined but not crazy in 2020 terms that's what i'm trying to say so i would give 2020 a little bit more of an og status when it comes to the year that 2020 was and then if 2021 continues to do some weird shit then we can start calling it a sequel and putting all the memes out but this whole my beer shit like 2021 is already like on some g shit get out of here you want to wait till june it. to make an yes to make an assessment. if we're in quarantine again and there's a super super COVID strain out there and like there's a 14% death rate or some shit. Okay, you can give me that. But I'm please. Right now, there's a vaccine coming out. People are getting vaccines and shit. Oh, and the vaccine works against this new strain too, they're saying. So Come it's on. yeah. Yeah, we I'm not no. No, no. 2021 can go fuck itself. I'm telling it right now. January, so I'm not even going to survive January watch. It's just, you know, it I'm just saying 2020 was that type of year. You have to be careful, in, not you, just people in general. Have to be it's careful general you, in, yeah, I get it. in projecting out what you would experience. And I, I tell myself that as well because I've experienced some negative things and I tend to do that. So that's a that's a statement to myself. Yeah, I mean, I don't even fucking know. I, I, I do agree that we should, we should all take a deep breath, uh, think things could be worse. We're still all able to order takeout. Like we're still, we're still all able to watch Netflix. Yeah, I do want to say one other thing regarding this political Cold War, hot war, whatever people are talking about here in American culture. Oh, yeah, um, and I just want to say my last comment was not downplaying what happened yesterday. I was talking about the whole scheme of 2021 being worse than 2020. Oh, I know. And I don't think yeah. anybody anybody heard that. But but I'll say this. Um, you know, there is this assumption that the election was, quote unquote, stolen. And... I just have to say this to those people who believe that. Um, while I do recognize that the campaign that Joe Biden ran was like, you know, just blase, like whatever, like this just seemed like, hey, man, we're going to get there and, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, to me, the fact that it was even as close as it was. I don't necessarily believe that it was as close as it was. I think 
a lot of people just got fed up with Trump's bullshit. And that's what a lot of people on the right aren't acknowledging. That's the one thing that they're not acknowledging. You're in the minority with people who tolerate Trump's bullshit. And there's so many people out there who, look, I get it. There's a lot of aspects about the left I don't fucking like either. But you got to call shit out when you see it. And the problem is, is there were so many people who were unable to call Trump's bullshit out when they saw it, that the people who were kind of silent supporters of him, the people who were like, okay, yeah, I support you, but you know, you got a short rope. He reached that short rope with a lot of those people. And they're not considering the fact that the same turnout of the people who came from the rural areas, you know, the, the suburban areas maybe that he had support for before, he wasn't getting that this time because they were tired of his bullshit. And then he never, in my opinion, made inroads to people on the left who probably would have voted for him had he done some shit like descheduled marijuana from a, a, a Schedule One narcotic. How many votes would he have gotten if he had done that? Or if he actually made police reform instead of getting the occasional headline for, uh, for for pardoning one prisoner and then just quickly scooping a few of his buddies who were legitimately arrested for lying to the FBI to, to pardon them. And not even lying to the FBI. Chris, he, he, he pardoned Chris Collins for insider trading. Come on. It, it, like, like the only connection he had to Chris Collins was Chris Collins was the first member of Congress to openly endorse him. So he felt it was it was his right to forgive to, to pardon him for insider trading. Interesting. I, I I hadn't even heard about this Chris Collins thing. Chris Collins uh, was a New York st- uh, representative. He was the first person in the House of Rep to endorse Trump. He was arrested for insider trading because you know if you're a politician, chances are you're insider trading. I, I was going to say, but <laughs> how did how did those politicians make their money again? How did I want to know how Chuck the, Schumer the, and Nancy Pelosi and uh, Ke- Kelly fucking... Loeffler, who Ke- well Kelly Loeffler, who just lost in Georgia, uh, she got busted. She was in on the uh, the COVID. Uh, she she was oh, in on the COVID right. discussion. The, yeah. And she immediately bought and sold all these companies that were going to lose money and make money with COVID. I mean, I I do agree that also, like, how how bad was Trump's bullshit? Trump turned the red state fortress of Georgia into a blue state that has now sent two Democrat senators to Washington. As well as, um, you know, Nevada and Arizona. I mean, the the reality is- Arizona was, I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, Mm -hmm. but he spent four years talking shit about John McCain and John McCain was dead for three of them and he shocked Arizona didn't vote for him. Yeah. I mean, they do do fuck with John McCain out here. They really do. That's one dude out here who, if you diss him, motherfuckers look at you like, and another dude people don't realize- Look, you may hate him if you're a young college kid, right? But if you're above 30 and some change, you probably fuck with this dude. And I know he's got dirty ties. Even people say he fucks with Trump and stuff. I think Trump pardoned him. Sheriff Joe Arpaio. If you say something negative about him out here, people look at you crazy. And he couldn't get this state to vote enough. And look, people are saying, Gray, what about the outstanding vote? Fuck all of that. Unless you have proof, I'm not buying that shit. Don't come at me with they just stole the election and they hid these votes without proof. Remember, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence that goes for all sides. Right, left, center, and doesn't matter. So where's the evidence that they did that? And you can't come with one anecdotal, two anecdotal. This person said that they were in the room. 
where's the actual physical evidence that that took place? So if that didn't take place, or if, if it's highly unlikely that it didn't take place, then you have to own that you somehow lost because you couldn't get the amount of votes that you needed in states that you should have won, in Nevada that you should have won, in Arizona that you should have won, in Georgia that you should have won. And you have you no one to blame. They have no one to blame. You have no one to blame, Republicans, but yourself and your strategy to not be able to beat a dude who ran a campaign from his fucking basement. Yeah, who like broke his uh, ankle, like right at playing with his dog, um, or, or like a, a, a bone in his leg. I mean, basically, I do agree. But Biden's strategy did come across very much as we're just going to let Trump beat himself. Um, we're going to reestablish the blue wall in the north, get the Rust Belt states back again, and it worked. It, it ultimately worked. He reestablished the, the 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 blue wall in the north. He got Pennsylvania back. He got Wisconsin back. Uh, he got Michigan back, and. Um, I do agree with your one thing of it just became too much for people to support Trump's bullshit. I mean, Trump lost to Joe Biden. You know who would have beat Joe Biden? Weakened at Bernie's version of Trump. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's pretty crazy to me because how that whole election uh, campaign took place. I, I'm just trying to recap it in my head because Trump, remember, he thought he was going to be running against Bernie Sanders. In, in fact, I, I think he did, if I remember correctly. And then the Yang Demo Gang. huh? Well, Yang Gang. I know he didn't think it. I just wanted to say Yang Gang. <laughs> well, there was a couple of people who were who were gaining steam at that time, right? There was uh, Andrew Yang, obviously. Bernie Sanders was a dude. Well, yeah, Bernie Sanders. Sanders was Elizabeth someone who, Warren. Had, Elizabeth Warren was carrying some heat uh, or like good heat. Uh, for a little bit um i was gonna say to, the to term think. heat i'm thinking wrestling yeah. and all heat is good heat i mean if you're getting oh, heat, you know it's good no, uh, i'm trying to think who else was was, was gaining some attention right now because it, it feels like it really oh, does feel like boy, a decade ago your boy and i mean your boy pete booted <laughs> he, he he had it for like one state he had it with iowa and then he fell off i mean i i i said yang gang for a reason i, I was an andrew yang supporter this past for election sure, I, sure. I, I i it's like my, my left leanings are you know let's have some so let's have some societal safety nets and i think yeah. that universal basic income is probably the best approach to that um see and people always want to know like well gray you know uh uh who who was was somebody like look i tell people like if you want to know how I politically vote, look at somebody like Jesse Ventura, who I voted for twice, right? What was the first time? I know you did it in 2016. Uh, in 2012. Oh, shit. So there was, you know, this, no, because I voted for Obama in 2008. That's right. Yeah, you 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 voted for Obama too. Yeah, and I still regret that to this day. And I know people are like, well, why? Great. No, I have a lot of reasons why I regret the Obama vote. But to me, it was it was more of discovering my political independence, and that I had no allegiance to the Democratic Party, even though I was told that from the moment that I was yay high. And I'm you know I'm growing up in California. You grew up in L.A. You're a Democrat. You're black. You're a Democrat. There's no no one. There's no you don't even question it. And then when you get older, you're like, well, why am I a Democrat? And you start thinking, well, I don't subscribe to that. Or maybe I feel slightly different about this. Either way, even if I felt like I was 
you know, in some sort of a similar ideological camp as them, I wouldn't tell them and make it known that they don't have to do anything to earn my vote. This is what I think some of the people on the left right now are experiencing with the whole um, Medicare for all debate, where it's like they're trying to use the power that they had and people scorn them for using it. That's all my position ever has been. You have to win my vote. I am a free agent every four years. But you not having a position and you not having a flag to wave or a banner to wave makes people so uncomfortable. And that's a general you. I mean, if you you ever want to make people in your life uncomfortable, don't let them know what you're thinking. Mm. We we live right now in a world where you're supposed to have every thought that crosses your mind be the most profound thing in the world. So it's, it's so profound and so important that you're supposed to post it online for the world to see. Mm. Damn, that was profound. <laughs> Thank you. And you know what else? I didn't tweet it. I said it on this podcast because I like this podcast and I, I like talking with you, but I didn't tweet it. You, you, if you have an opinion, you don't need to tweet it. You don't need to make it a status. It's okay to have an opinion and either you know, tell your friends and family or keep it to yourself. You don't have to put it online and have it in writing. And you know what? To piggyback off you said, don't call the friend that agrees with you. Call the friend that doesn't agree with you. Call the friend that, that, look, I'm going to say something really quote unquote controversial, which shouldn't be controversial. Okay. Call someone you think might have supported what happened yesterday and just talk to them about it. Just try to create a dialogue. You don't have to judge them. You have your own judgments. You have your own feelings. Okay. That's, that's fine. You disagree. You feel this way. Just talk to them. Just try to get them to open the lines of communication and see maybe if you can come to a slight understanding on just one thing. Is there one thing you can find that you agree on? Yeah, I don't agree that you like that they went and did all that. Okay, cool. Where do we have common ground? Because if we have no common ground at all, then we don't need to be talking. We need to be fighting. Yeah, pretty much. Because I, I, that, that, that's ultimately where, where, where it's at. Uh, and, that, and I think that the problem is we've reached a point where people assume we have no common ground and we just skipped that talking point part of like seeing if you know erasing all shadow of a doubt yeah and that's that's sad if it is that and if there is fighting i'm really looking forward to living in cape town like <laughs> shoot there was fighting in cape town there's fighting everywhere man oh I, never, I, yeah. I i i'm not under this impression that wherever I go, it's going to be safe. All I'm saying is I want to avoid a civil war. <laughs> That's true. The civil war is the worst type of war you want to be in. I, exactly. I, do, I do feel like that. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of wars and uh, civil war is probably the worst. Because, One of the worst adjectives to have before war. <laughs> yes. Yeah. War is already bad. You put civil in front of it. It's like, it's the, it's the most oxymoron sort of thing, right? That's like putting 20 after 20. <laughs> well said well said Um, the last thing i'll say is i I just want to make this one last thing clear and this goes for both sides but i saw it from people on the left commenting about what happened on the right please don't make this a a reason or an excuse for you to justify things that we should all whether you're on the left right or in the middle or independent or whatever we should all be kind of against for instance we still don't want the government as a surveillance state tracking everybody for everything. 
don't think because they're you're you're advocating it being used on your political opponents that once it's done or your political opponents have that power, they won't use it on you. We don't want to make that power available. We've already made that power too available. So right, left, and different, the idea of you know, state-sanctioned surveillance or state-sanctioned violence on your political adversaries, just be careful with that. Because as you root for that, there, it's a good possibility that if the tables turn, the people who you're rooting for that to be used on will use that on you. Uh, I just don't think that we should ever, any side of the, the debate aisle should condone that. Well, look at what just happened with the uh, with the Supreme Court of uh, stopping Obama from putting through, uh, was, was it Garland, when he still had over 200 days left in office and, uh, before the, uh, versus Trump rushing through the latest appointment to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Democrats trying to use the same argument that Republicans used of it's an election year, we're going to let the people decide and Republicans still rushed it through. You better believe now that if you're a Republican, if given the same opportunity or yep. a slightly more aggressive opportunity because the de Democrat will justify that now, it's going to be used against you because yep. you supported that. Yeah, I agree with that. And it will be. Uh, this is the, the, the slippery slope of, of, doing things when you have power when there's no guarantee that you can keep it and there's a lot of people who did a lot of things in positions of power that they will now hope that aren't used on them and i just hope people from both sides realize whether it's surveillance whether it's media free speech suppression uh the the idea of cancel culture or um you know anything that has to do with that it, it doesn't take much for the the tables to be turned and the, the eyes to be on you when it comes to that. So I'm just saying, keep that in mind and uh, we'll see. And with that said, everyone start picking out your next country you want to move to. Cause I don't think anyone that listening to this is actively supporting or, or actively wants to take part in a fight. So uh, we can make South Africa, the, uh, the new GU home base. If you want, we can make, <laughs> we, we can make. You know, what's interesting is I wonder if there's still enough room here in North America, whether it's even here in the United States or in Canada. Or where, Mexico. Don't write off Mexico. Or, no, I'm not writing off Mexico either. You're right. Um, where there are places that are so isolated that you could form your own like commune society of just, you know, cool people. And I wouldn't even want a bunch of people who agree with me. I just want a bunch of cool people who know how to work together in a kind of, you know, yeah, you don't want a cult. You want you want you want just an attitude. Yeah, exactly. I want to be able to have my plot of land, build my house over here. You live within, you know, barking distance. And, you know, I can walk to your land and we can fire off guns into the distance and fucking burn fires and play music loud. And there's no cops. And is it like an hour and a half to the next civilization or something? I want some shit like that, man. That's that's what this whole thing makes me want to do. It doesn't make me. And if I can't get that, then I'm leaving the country. But I feel like there's still places in America where you can have that. You know where you actually probably could find that? Now that I'm thinking, I think I probably like, and people are going to laugh. I, th I think Mississippi, like places I where would, the land is real cheap. Yep. Uh, yeah. Is that Tornado Alley though? Um, no, I mean, I, I, they probably get tornadoes. I don't think it's Tornado Alley. I think Tornado Alley is like Oklahoma, Arkansas, shit like that. Yeesh. Uh, that, I mean, when I was in Kansas, we used to have them tornado drills, bro. That was a whole nother scary. Cause I'd never seen a tornado before. And all I knew about tornadoes is that you get hit with one and you'll wake up in fucking ah somewhere. So <laughs> like, that's all I knew. And I didn't want to take that chance. If you wake you up in a, in, a, in a world where more you are in more colors than the world you left, then you probably are dead. 
and you're gonna see some weird races like yeah. I don't know if I just a weird like because lines of racism is not weird in and of itself like judging someone by their skin I just feel like you're gonna see like man fuck the the spider leg purple people right or the the lion people anthropomorphic lion people that are talking and have like weirdly exaggerated emotions they're coming to take our jobs those lion people yeah so no I, I that was the only experience I ever had with tornadoes I had never heard about tornadoes before and then I obviously was at Fort Riley Kansas and uh yeah we had tornado drills all the time so anyway um oh wait just on this one point though that's completely irrelevant but i do want to get your feedback on it because i've now lived in some like very different uh climate states in the u.s you know i'm from buffalo new york spent some time in dc spent some time in montana now living in new orleans and everywhere you move you're going to deal with like the environmental consequences of that area because because the united states is is vast um and it deals with different weather in different parts of it. Um, I gotta say the most consistent as in like, if you have to deal with the harshest weathers of that place, Buffalo, New York blizzards, by far the easiest. Really? Yeah, I'd rather deal with that than like regular earthquakes or the annual wildfires of California or in the smog or, I mean, and let me just say, I'm not talking about living there for an entire year. I'm talking about like, if you have to exist the worst weather for a week in one of these places. I think the buffs, the snow in Buffalo for a week is easier than earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes. Yeah, we have, um, and I say we as in <clears throat> here in Arizona, although I am from California. Uh, I moved from California, not only because of, you know, price and politics, but for climate as well. You know, when I was in Iraq, that climate does something to you, that really hot, being in the heat all the time, I felt like it gave me years on my life. It gave me years in my skin. Like it, it made my, it being just crushed by that amount of sunlight for that amount of time, I feel like gave me a, a, a glow. You know, I, I tell people this all the time. I came back from Iraq like two shades darker. You look at pictures of me before I went and after, I was, you know, I'm not gonna say I was light-skinned or nothing like that, but I was definitely shades lighter than I am right now. And, uh, but I, I moved to Arizona because of the, the climate, because it was hot. And I wanted to be somewhere where, yeah, in the summertime, it's like 120 degrees here, 100, 122, 126. So you feel at home in that heat. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. I mean, it, it sucks for like five minutes when you got to get into your car and the car's super hot and you got to cool your car off or whatever. But when you go outside and you got to walk in it, once you're in it for like five, 10 minutes, you're like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. It's almost like you got a, 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 you're getting direct sunlight energy into your skin. And it doesn't matter who you are. You know, it, you could be from Buffalo. You could be from uh, Montana. You come to Arizona and you get that sunlight in that summer for four months and it's the heat that, that cooks you, man, it, you're, you're, in my opinion, it's the best feeling. And I don't know. I, that's why I like working out in the sauna and stuff. So. Well, I was going to say, as far as like, actually living and just based on the environment I, as far as like living i don't ever want to live anywhere but new orleans but the actual go outside this is beautiful the air just feels crisper cleaner um and where i'm looking around is so aesthetically beautiful and in touch with the universe and the world montana man montana was gorgeous i hear uh shout out to karma i hear that montana is where i really want to be People tell me that it is one of the most beautiful places, the most ranged, most isolated, 
weather, like sunrise and sunsets rival Arizona type shit. Cause I don't know if anybody knows, but Arizona has the best sunsets probably in the country. Like there's people can talk. There's no Arizona sunsets are the shit. It, they're majestic. And yeah, if you want to challenge and send me, you can. Uh, well, I can't really compare. I mean, no, no, I've been not, to not you, not you. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking to the <laughs> listeners, right? If you want to challenge me, you can send it. Send me pictures of your your local sunsets wherever you are in the United States. Gray the letter N Gold Podcast at gmail.com and and send them to me. Send them to us because we want to see it. If I'm wrong, I want to be challenged in that. But I feel like Arizona has the best sunsets of any place I've ever been to in the United States, and I've been to a few amount of places. So. Man, I mean, I, I got to come back. I, I got to go to Arizona. When, when I'm in New Orleans in the summer, all I'm thinking about is, man, I think I got to go on a bit of an adventure and get Absolutely. out of here. Because because you're, you're talking about how you love the air, like walking around Arizona in the summer. New yeah. Orleans, you become the humidity. Like, you, like you, you just become this gaseous state. Or not even, like you, you become this liquid state that evaporates and then you become this gaseous state. You're just like sort of trudging along and floating through the air as a speck of water. It's, 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 it's a very out-of-body experience trying to survive in the summer here and walk around. Well, I'll say this because the the heat here is dry. I feel like if it was that type of humidity here, I wouldn't feel that way. I wouldn't feel that way. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, well, I mean, we are a swamp. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, for all everybody listening, like I said, don't assume that 2021 is going to be as terrible as 2020. Try to make this year a much better year. Uh, we should all look back and be like, yeah, my 2020 was much better than 2021. Uh, for the Gray and Gold podcast, I'm Graydon Square. I'm RK Gold. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. Peace, peace.